Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you back to Talking Softball with Coach B today. It's been a little while since I've actually been in the studio here live recording. Went through some illness and, and fought through that and happy to be back and happy to be able to sit here and talk about softball with everybody. It's an exciting time. Obviously, high school softball's kicking off here in the state of Texas. Scrimmages have been taking place. Teams are getting ready to start their regular season. And that's an exciting time at the college level, the NCAA Division II and Division Three and junior college and NAI schools have kicked off their seasons. And, you know, now we're getting into the Division I season also. So there's a lot of softball taking place at the school level, both high school and college. And then, of course, our younger teams are starting to kick off their spring season. So it, it's a very busy time. And I think the one thing we need to, to talk about and really keep an eye on, and I think coaches need to be aware of this, parents need to be aware of this, and I think players need to do a good job of self-evaluating in it, is making sure that we're not putting ourselves in a situation or setting ourselves up for the susceptibility to overuse injuries. And we always hear this conversation. And now that I'm on the select side, you know, I hear it from high school coaches that, you know, travel ball just plays too much and there's too much time involved, too many games, and players are risking injury being involved in select softball in the year-round schedule. On the select side, we talk about, well, we only get our kids, you know, one day a week, maybe for practice, and then we play on the weekends. And yes, we do play multiple games on the weekends, but those games aren't seven inning games, and those games are more time limit oriented than they are a, a full game of seven innings. So yes, there's a lot of softball in what we do. And we sit on the travel ball side and, and we look at school softball and we go, well, you're practicing every day of the week, all fall. Then you come back in January and practice. And now you're going to play from mid-February all the way through the end of school. So I think there's a lot of back and forth that we talk about when we discuss overuse injuries. But I think in reality, we all really need to work together. You know, and I know I, I've done another episode talking about the responsibility of select players and what their role is when they do start their high school seasons and how select and high school coaches need to work together. So I don't want to talk a lot to that. But what I do want to talk about is that we just keep an eye on our athletes. You know, for the longest time, people would say, well, a softball pitcher can go out and throw every day. And, you know, you, you hear some people say, well, she needs to be throwing 200 pitches a day. Well, understand if she does throw every day and she does throw 200 pitches a day, she's throwing close to 1,500 pitches in a week. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? You know, we look at college pitchers and, yeah, they're practicing every day, but they're not always in a hard bullpen every day right? There is some recovery time worked into their rotation. And I think we need to look at that also. So one of my concerns and something that I spent a lot of time talking to my coaches about is, hey, let's not be over practicing these high school age kids for select ball right now. 
Let's let them concentrate on their high school season. You know, let's not schedule that five-hour practice on Sunday and, and expect these kids to come out and take their one day off and, and just blow it out in, in a full-blown five-hour workout. Number one, I don't know of any high school or college that ever practices five hours. So I'm not sure why we have five-hour practices in select ball. We don't do it, but I know there's teams that do, and, and sometimes I almost feel like there's coaches that brag about it. Oh, we had a six-hour workout today. Do we really need to have that long of a workout? And, and at what point do we get diminishing returns from that workout instead of really getting quality work out of our athletes? So, you know, I think pitchers have to be very careful about how many pitches they're throwing in a week. And I think they should chart that, right? Are they throwing bullpens in their practice and then they're throwing live in practice and then they're throwing in games? If that's the case, we need to make sure we're charting those things and really keeping an eye on their body. And it's not just their arm, you know. It, pitching is a total body activity and we need to be concerned about their back, their hips, their legs. Everything needs to be evaluated when we're looking at their workouts, right? You know, catchers. <laughs> if pitchers are throwing 1,500 pitches a week, catchers are catching 1,500 pitches a week. And they're doing it in a squat position. If a pitcher throws 100 pitches in a game... That's a hundred times that the catcher gets up and down in a game, not to mention what they do catching bullpens during the week and, and the other work they're putting in. So I think, you know, we have to be aware that it's not just pitchers, but let's look at our catchers because what's the concern about fatigue on a catcher? Well, she uses her legs in almost everything she does. She's going to use her legs on defense. She's going to use her legs in hitting. And the overuse and the effect of the overuse is really going to wear on her legs. And do you want her to be fresh at the end of your season or do you want her to be fresh right now? You know, and I think if you ask most quality coaches, they're going to tell you that they don't want to be playing at their peak until the games really matter, you know, down the second half of the district season and into the postseason. And as select coaches, we need to look at it and evaluate, you know, how are we going to rotate those players, especially when we get back, you know, at the high school level, when we get back playing in June, you know, hopefully we all have depth, right? Hopefully we have four pitchers and three catchers that we can rotate so we give those players a chance to have a little bit of recovery. So, you know, in positional players, it's the same way. You know, positional players spend a lot of time on their legs and a lot of time in an upright position, and, and there's injuries that, that occur all the time with shoulders and backs and knees and those things, and, and I think a lot of those injuries can be traced back to some overuse, right? Either overuse or misuse. You know, I've, I've really been concerned about the number of early injuries to high school age players this spring related to the weight room and not having good form in the weight room or good technique or, or you know, trying to lift too much weight 
and, and altering their technique. And, you know, that's never a good thing. I can look back at my college career and, you know, I would cringe about our athletes lifting in season. And yes, it's important, but the type of lifts that they're doing in season need to be monitored, you know, and I'm not sure you have to be doing heavy weight training during your season because you do risk that chance of injury and you'd hate to have a key player out of your lineup for an extended period of time because of an injury they suffered off the field in the weight room. So I think we have to be aware of those types of injuries also. But, you know, now that I'm on the select side and working with our coaches and our athletes in our program now, you know, I think it's really critical that our coaches monitor the amount of activity they're engaging our athletes in, you know, because a lot of these kids, even the younger ones, they're going to lessons during the week. They may be playing basketball. They may be engaged in other activities, which I think is great to have a multi-sport athlete, especially at the young ages. But I think we also have to pay close attention in do they appear fatigued? Do they appear complacent, tired? You know, we hear the phrase burned out a lot. And I think it's just because these kids are go, 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 go until their body can't go anymore. And then not only do we risk physical injury, but we also risk just mental fatigue and wearing out mentally. You know, I used to tell people all the time, you know, I, I try to look in a player's eyes. And, and if I look in her eyes and I don't see fire in her eyes and excitement for what she's doing in her eyes, there's some mental fatigue there. And, and we need to address that. You know, and maybe that's a day that we're just going to back off and do some light work. You know, I think we all have to look at how we're going to schedule our athletes during the multi-season or multi-sport time of our schedule. And there has to be, you know, there has to be some understanding of what are they really going to be able to give me today? I'll use my team for an example, you know. We're not doing anything right now. And, and as long as the high school teams are engaged in, in tournament play and playing a pretty heavy schedule now through the middle of March, we're not going to do much. You know, we're probably not even going to start thinking about getting back together till April. And then it'll just be Sunday hitting and going through philosophy and things like that because I'm going to rely on their high school programs to give them the in-game experience and the practice experience on a daily basis to keep them sharp. And then as we get into May and some of these players, their seasons may end earlier in the postseason than others, then we'll look at really getting into what we need to work on to prepare for our summer schedule. And, you know, the summer schedule now for my 18U national team and other top 18 teams around the state, we jump right into it, you know. First weekend in June, we're on the field playing in the Alliance Super Cup and Triple Crown Texas State Tournament, and those games matter, you know. And the great thing about the TFL and the Alliance now is our games matter, you know. The outcome of the games matter. So then it even becomes more important that our players are fresh early in our summer schedule so that they can 
handle the nine-week schedule uh, of play and, and stay strong and healthy. You know, we don't want to be in a situation where we're running a team out on the field that over half of our players are running on empty because they're physically and mentally exhausted. So I think there's things we need to do to really pay attention to that and just be observant, you know, communicate, you know, number one, communicate with our players. How do you feel today? Are you tired? You know, do your legs feel dead? You know, what's your physical state right now? And then also take the time to have a mental conversation with them. You know, talk about the game. Talk about philosophy. Talk about strategy and see if they're able to comprehend it. Because if they're mentally exhausted, they're going to check out on those conversations early. And we're going to know that. So it's important with those older players that are playing a heavy schedule now that we understand that going into our schedule. And for our younger teams... They're going to start playing now, and they're going to play till the end of the summer. And and my challenge to those coaches is, please, don't play every weekend. Don't play every weekend where you're out there playing seven, eight, nine games, and these kids are getting burned out. I saw a listing of top players in the 2027 class, and I just kind of followed through and read the bios about the players. And I think there was one in there that won like 60 games last year as a pitcher. Holy mackerel. She pitched 60 games as a pitcher. That's a lot of softball, right? That, that's a lot of arm circles. That's a lot of stress mentally. And, and, and I know people say, well, those players are young. They can handle it. If we want them to be able to handle it when they're older, we need to make sure we're doing our job of taking care of them when they're young. With those players, yes, I know where our teams are going to be out getting practices started, start getting their work going, and then they're going to jump into their schedule. I hope those teams aren't playing every weekend from March through August. I mean, yes, I will say that is too much softball. We really have to monitor that. So, you know, overuse injuries. Yeah. I mean, even a guy my age, I can tell you my, my left shoulder has been shot for a long time. And, and I played a lot of baseball when I was young and fortunate to play it uh, up into my 20s and played some softball after that. And yeah, my shoulder shot. Overuse from over time, right? just because it's just the way it is. Our, our sport is a repetition sport, so even in practice, we're throwing a lot and doing a lot of things that, yeah, later in life, we're going to have those aches and pains. We had a little ice storm here in, in DFW last week, and a lot of those injuries came back and reared their head during that time. You know, I felt my hips and my knees and my shoulder and, and those things, and then I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I also know that my coaches tried to do everything they could to minimize that, and I appreciate that. And I think it's our responsibility as coaches and parents to really keep an eye on our players and communicate with them about where they're at. Our players need to be doing self-checks on a regular basis to, to monitor how they feel and what they're doing 
and, and hopefully we minimize those overuse injuries as much as possible. And I really hope everybody has a great season, gets to play as much quality softball as they can, but also let's make sure it's quality softball and, and our athletes are as close to a full tank rather than running on a half a tank or an empty tank. So yeah, let's keep an eye on overuse injuries this spring and summer. And and as we're helping these players develop throughout their careers, I think we all have a responsibility to keep them as healthy as possible. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I hope you're enjoying Talking Softball with Coach B. I ask you to subscribe through your local podcast provider. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash talking softball gives you an opportunity to provide feedback and also provide any questions that you might want us to answer on an upcoming episode this has been talking softball with coach b and i want to thank you for listening and i hope everybody has a great day